Hey, thanks for being here today. Let me tell you something. I have a reoccurring mental nightmare that I'm going to get up here to speak some Sunday and no one's going to be here. Not even my wife is going to show up. And so when I tell you thank you for being here, I mean that, honestly. It, it, it gives me relief when I get here and see people here and, and then I get up and you're still here. And uh, thank you for that. If you haven't already, if you would take your study guide from your bulletin, um, grab a clipboard and a pen from the book rack in front of you and get ready as we jump into our study. A lot of you will know uh, how we come about the particular verses we study from week to week, and some of you won't. It's not always the case, but a lot of times uh, for me it is as I'm reading the Bible or listening to the Bible or I run across a verse either on an internet side or on a sign on a wall. Uh, the house, the young adult house, New Identity, they have a, a verse on the wall, and it was one of those verses that struck me. And when I run across a verse that really speaks to me, maybe I've read it a hundred times before, maybe I've seen it a thousand times before, but for some reason in that particular moment, it speaks to me. It challenges me, kicks me in the pants, whatever needs to be done. God speaks to me through that verse. Then what I'll do, if I don't have time to study it out right then, then I'll write it down I put it in my phone, in my notes or something, and then I'll go back later and I'll study that verse out. And what I typically find is that the verse is not only intended for my benefit, but later then I'll come and share it with you. And uh, we get to experience what God is showing me and what God is, is doing in my life, and, and I hope that it proves beneficial in your life as well. I think that it has to. I mean, anytime we open the Word of God, anytime we get into the truth of God's Word, it ought to do something to us. I mean, it ought to, it ought to bring about a, an understanding of who God is or a change in our life or something. Our study on Sunday evening is certainly part of this. Uh, I was reading in Romans chapter 12 and I came across, it was either verse 19, 20, or 21. I can't remember which one now. But it was one of those oh wow moments for me where it just really leaped off the page and really spoke to me. And so I started studying it and I came to realize I've got to share this with the church. And then I realized, well, I can't share that verse without sharing the preceding verses. And then I can't share those without sharing the preceding verses. And it ended up just, well, we'll start at verse 1 in Romans chapter 12 and we'll make our way through the chapter. If you haven't been here to be part of that study, I wish you would come and join us tonight at 630 I think you'll find it helpful. Tonight we're going to be dealing again with verses 6 through 8, hitting them. And uh, next week, unless something happens, unless God directs me differently next week, we're going to go back and we're going to review verses 1 through 8. It'll be a good time to be involved to catch the end of verses 6 through 8 and then the review next week. So join us. But not only are we in a study because of an oh wow moment for me in the evening, but this study today certainly is applicable. It certainly hits there in the same way because God was directing my heart to a particular website. I was doing some research and there at the top was this verse. And on this verse, God just impressed my life in a big way, showed me something in the verse that I had never noticed before. And as a result, it brought about a, a deeper study that I want to share with you this morning. 
So if you're ready, if you've got your study guide, let's read this verse. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are four thoughts that I want to bring out of this verse this morning. Three that are specifically noted, parts of them will just be alluded to, but then one that is definitely just alluded to in the verse. It's not spelled out, but as we look at it, you'll see very clearly that it's there. The intent is obviously there, and let's just jump into it, okay? Number one, get ready to write your first fill-in. Paul shows us in this verse the burden There's a reason he's writing this verse. There's a reason he's giving this to the people. And the reason is because there is a burden. And the burden to which we want to address this morning is that there was no hope in some of the people. There was no hope. Now, I get that because of the fact that this, I believe, is a prayer of the Apostle Paul. He's praying for the people. He's saying, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. I believe that there were categories of people included in this grouping. I believe that there were some that they had the hope in which he was talking about. There were others that maybe there was a a lack of it to some degree, but pretty much they were there. They just needed to sure it up. They needed strengthening their faith faith to bring this to pass. But then there were two more groups that one of which we're going to address very specifically today, the other of which we will hit at the end, the conclusion of our study, and then just at times during the study, but specifically this other category is where we'll be spending our time. So the group that we're just going to address in certain aspects, certain times during the study, is a group that had absolutely no hope for eternity. They were those that they had not placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They might have been part of the church for years. And yet there was no relationship with God the Father. And as a result, if they died in that condition, they would spend eternity separated from God, paying the price of their own sin in a very real place called the lake of fire. And so we have this category of people that need to be addressed, that need to be understood. And I believe that needs to be addressed because of the fact that there's this very obviously in a group this size going to be those that would fall into the category. Whether you've been here at Mile Straight all your life or in another church or you're just new to this stuff, you really have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, a life-changing experience with His Son. And as a result, you're, you're in a very difficult place, a very scary place of having absolutely no hope for eternity. No hope. And we will talk about that. Please don't think I'm leaving. I'm I'm abandoning you there with that desperation. I will come back to it and address it at some point in our study. But my primary focus this morning is on this other group of people who you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know Him as Lord and Savior. You've experienced the incredible forgiveness of Almighty God towards your rebellion against Him. And as a result of that, you, you have the hope of eternal life, but there are circumstances in your life right now. There are situations happening in life that are so overwhelming and so difficult That have brought so much much sorrow, so many tears, so many heartaches, so much bitterness, so much anger. That you have lost hope. 
that you will ever escape the situation. You have lost hope that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You've lost hope. Not, not even to think that, that it's going to be made okay. God does that in some circumstances. But, but we also have life happening around us. And we have to walk through these times of difficulty and these times of problems. And we know that they're here for a short time. God brings us to them to learn. But you're so embedded and so overwhelmed by what's happening that you've just simply lost hope that you will ever get out from under it. And there are others in this category that maybe you haven't lost hope, but the circumstances are so heavy, they're so weighing upon you, that it's very easy for you to see yourself drifting toward that. And so this category of people, they're the ones for you, I want to talk to you this morning specifically. And I know there are a lot of you out there because I talk to you throughout the week, and I see the things you're posted on Facebook, I see the hurt and the pain that you're enduring. And I know for every person I know about, there's probably three or four that I don't know about. So I think this group of people is well represented this morning. It's you that I want to talk with for just a little while. Because you're carrying around a burden that is so incredibly heavy. But the great joy in this study for me is that God doesn't leave us in this desperation without providing a measure of encouragement, without saying, okay, wait a minute, you don't have to stay here. There is hope. For us, he provides that for us in this verse by showing us, number two, your next fill in, the burden bearer. The burden bearer. And that, of course, is God. God Almighty. Sometimes we try to be the burden bearer, and I think there's a biblical reference for us to do that. The Bible tells us that we are to bear one another's burdens. Certainly there's a, 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 a very Christian thing that we are to do. We're to help hold each other up. We're to help support each other. But ultimately we come to the understanding that we can't carry these burdens, that we also need a place to place them. We need someone to help us with these burdens. I can tell you as pastor there are times that I am completely overwhelmed. When I read the connection cards every Sunday and I see all that's going on in the lives of people in our church family and I hear you comments you make and the, the burdens of your heart it's so overwhelming to me at times. I, I'm just honest with you. There's times when I just feel like I can't take any more. I can't carry anything else. And it's in those times that God comes and reminds me, you're not supposed to carry that. You're supposed to assist. You're supposed to sure up. You're supposed to encourage. But ultimately, I am the burden bearer. That's why we find in 1 Peter 5, 7, Peter writing, he says, cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Cares for you. You've got to get the imagery of what he's showing us here. He's not saying, well, take these burdens, lift them up, heave them on Jesus. That's been my philosophy for a while, but after studying it out, the picture that he's showing us, the imagery that he's given us, I hope you can see this. Because what he's saying is you're crumbling under this burden. As it's weighing you down and it's overwhelming you, cast it off. Fall with it. Lunge it toward Jesus because you aren't meant to carry the burden 
God says, I'm the burden bearer. Give it to me. God calls us to this reminder that He is the one who is there for us in the time of difficulties. The problem for us a lot of times is that we place our hope in things that won't help us. We put our hope in our finances. We got a financial problem when we put it in our bank account or our job. Or maybe it's a new job that's going to save the day. If we've got a health issue, then we're looking for a new doctor. If we've got, a, we've got an emotional issue or, or a relational issue, then we're looking for a counselor. And there's nothing wrong with these things, but you've got to understand that you cannot embed your hope in them. As we've been studying on Sunday evening, we have to see that these things are temporary and I can't build my life around that which is temporary. If I build my life around that which is temporary, that which is transient, that which is changing all the time, I'm going to be disappointed when I come to find that this does not provide me with the hope that I desperately need. The only thing that will provide that hope is the burden bearer. God Almighty. God calls us to an understanding of who He is. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to come to appreciate who He is and what He does on our behalf. And so Paul shows us that there is a burden that is so heavy, that is so overwhelming. And he shows us Amazingly and thankfully that there is a burden bearer who wants to carry the weight of our burdens. And then he brings us to an understanding, just gets right down where we are, number three. He wants us to see the burdened. He wants us to understand this. If you haven't already found yourself in this place, he wants you to come to the understanding that we're talking about us, you and me. We are the burden. We are the ones that have this burden upon us. If you do not know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and every one of us have been in that situation at one time or another in our lives, you do not know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior until you come to accept His Son, God's Son, as Savior of your life. You come to receive the forgiveness of Almighty God. You will never get out from under the burden. You have to cast that care on God. He is the only one can forgive. He's the only one that can restore. He's the only one that can give hope for eternal life. For those of us in the other category that you're just right in the verge of giving up or maybe you've already given up or you can see how easily it would be for you to be pulled astray because the circumstances of your situation are so hard, so overwhelming. God wants you to understand something very clearly. And listen, while you think this is all heading in a positive slant, let me hit the negative here. Because we can do nothing about our circumstances. We can do nothing to champion our own cause. I cannot sure up myself. I cannot bring hope to my life because I'm part This body is part of that which is temporary. One day I will shed it in death. The only place I can run to help in this time of need, this time of desperation, 
is to the burden bearer. And the amazing thing is that it tells us in the verse that he is the God of hope. The God of hope. You think about it in relationship to another aspect of God that is shown us in the Bible. That he is the God of love. He is the possessor of love. He is the embodiment of love. He is the God of love. We see now another aspect of the characteristics of Almighty God, that He is the God of hope. He is the creator. He is the embodiment of hope itself. That the only benefit us as the burdened have is to look to the one who is the embodiment of hope and to cry out to Him in desperation, to cry out to Him in humility with an understanding that we cannot change our circumstances, that we cannot infuse ourselves with hope. That in fact what we have to do is turn to the burden bearer. It's a very humbling thing to do. Because we're always so involved in this American mentality that we can fix our own problems. For me to get to the place to where I admit, God, I I can't fix this. I can't correct my problems. I, I can't solve these issues. God, I, I, I can't do a thing to bring hope into this situation. If it's based upon what I can do, my situation is completely hopeless. But when I turn my heart and my attention to the burden bearer, and I have humbled myself before him, the burden bearer reaches down with His loving hands. And He sustains me, infuses me with that which I cannot obtain on my own. Did you know that that's exactly where God wants us to be? He wants us to be in this state of humility. He wants us to come to the place to where we understand we cannot fix this on our own. That we need Him. So when I, the burdened, recognize this weight that is on my shoulders that I cannot fix it and I turn to the burden bearer, then God does something amazing for me. God introduces me to the burden beater, number four, the burden beater. And that, of course, is hope. Hope. And that which beats the burden of no hope is to be infused with hope. God infuses me with hope, but in a very unique and special way. He tells us in the passage that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now think about this, because he's not saying, I just want you to possess an amount of hope. But he says, I want you to abound in hope. I want you to be so saturated with hope that there is no room for hopelessness and helplessness to exist in your your life. 
There's no room for me, even in the middle of crisis, even in the middle of torment, even in the middle of sorrow and tears and hurt. There's no room for me to be hopeless because I am so overwhelmed with the hope that has been instilled within me. God instills hope into my life. And since He then is the God of hope, he is the one that we must turn to when we have the burden of hopelessness upon us. So then my question, and I think the question of any of us who may be in the circumstances that would bring about hopelessness into our lives, would simply be, okay, how do I, how do I obtain the hope that I desperately need right now? Let me encourage you to do something. I'm getting ready to give you a couple of more fill-ins, but please don't put your notes up. Because once we do, there's a couple of other things that I'd like for you to write in also that I think are very important. And in fact, I hate, like everything, that, that my study hadn't progressed to the point that it was on your sheet to begin with. But please jot this down as we get to it. I'll direct you to it. He tells us, in order to obtain this hope, that it comes through unexpected channels. And interestingly, these unexpected channels are joy and peace. Joy and peace. In order to have the hope that God desires for us, in order to be saturated with hope, we must first of all have joy and peace in our lives. It's, it's, it's a very incredible thing what God provides in joy and peace. Uh, the Bible says that there is a joy that is unspeakable. Uh, it's, it's such an amazing, overwhelming joy in our lives that we don't even have words to describe it. And there is a peace that passes human understanding. And that also is one of those things that it's hard to describe because it goes beyond what we're capable of understanding. And you can rest assured when joy and peace exist in your life in the middle of, of chaos and, and difficulties that there are other people who are looking, trying to figure out how that peace exists and that joy exists in your life during that time. There are other people standing in amazement saying that person ought to be falling apart. There's no reason in the world they ought to be in church today. They ought to be home curled up in a fetal position crying their eyes out. And yet, they have a peace and hope in their life that is hard to understand. Interestingly, also, the unexpected channels of joy and hope have a somewhat unexpected condition attached to them. And that is belief. Your next fill-in, belief. I say somewhat unexpected because we, we may or may not associate joy and peace with a belief in God. And yet, the truth of the matter is that that's exactly where it comes from. That this joy and peace comes from believing. He says in the verse, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In believing. 
May he fill you with peace and joy in your believing. In other words, while you are growing in your faith, while you are growing in your belief, while you're growing in your understanding of who God is, growing in your understanding of his promises and his love for you, your joy and peace will grow along with it. There will be a simultaneous maturing, not only in my faith, but also in my joy and peace. There will be an uprising of that which I have needed in my life as a result of my faith being strengthened in the process. I think it stands to reason that if, if I'm placing my my hope in my finances or in my career because I've got a, a financial difficulty going on, but I don't really believe that my career is going to change anything. I really haven't given myself any hope. The same is true if I'm wanting to place my hope in the one who is the burden bearer. I'm wanting to cast that on him so that he will provide me with that which I do not have and I cannot obtain on my own. That the only way for me to have that hope is for me to first of all trust him. He is the God of hope. He is the one who contains it. He is the one who possesses it. The only way for me to share in that, to enjoy the benefit of the hope He wants to give to me, is for me to believe that He is who He says He is. And how does that come about? Now what you're going to see here, I hope, is a perpetual repetition of thought from week to week to week because the only way to deepen my faith the only way to grow in my knowledge of God the only way to build a deeper trust in Almighty God is for me to be in the Word of God I can hear about it I can see it in other people's lives and that would definitely spur it on but the only way for me to grow Deeply in my faith, in my trust of Almighty God is for me to make the Word of God a priority in my life. It's the only way. The only way. And I know you might get tired of hearing this. But if you want to enjoy the hope of Almighty God, then you've got to have joy and peace in your life. And the only way to have joy and peace in your life comes through a faith and a deepening trust of Almighty God. And the only way to have this deepening trust of Almighty God is to be in the Word of God. Got to know about God in order to trust Him more. So God calls us to this deepening relationship. And He says, I want to provide you with something that you don't have. Something that's a burden on you right now. I want you to unload the burden and enjoy something that will replace it in a way that will bring you joy and peace and lasting hope. But here's something else to write down. Because while we have to have a deepening knowledge of Almighty God, we also have to understand that this is only available through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only available through the power of the Holy Spirit. Please, please know this. Sometimes we can get really prideful and we can think, well, if I'm just good enough... Let me tell you, that will not help you. 
Well, if I can just do enough, or if I can just give enough, let me tell you something, that will not help you. What I must do is submit myself to Almighty God. I must recognize my deep need for Him to work in my life. I must invest in His Word. And when I humble myself and I invest in the Word of God, something amazing begins to happen. The Spirit of God that lives inside of every believer at the moment of their salvation begins to work to produce fruit. And you know what, too? The very first parts of the fruit that is mentioned in the Word of God involves joy and peace. Okay, so you see the circle evolving here. The only way for me to have hope is to have joy and peace. The only way for me to have joy and peace is to have a deepening trust of God. The only way to have a deepening trust of God is to have a better understanding of God's Word. And the only way for me to have what I'm looking for is based upon the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of one who is humbled before God and submitted to God. It's the only way that this is going to occur. It is the work of God's Spirit in my life. It's not because I deserve it. Not because I'm a great person. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glorious standard. The Bible says that none of my righteousness is worth anything. In fact, it says that it's like filthy rags before Almighty God. I can't claim to be this special person that God owes a favor. Because it ultimately boils down to God's goodness upon me. So there is a burden that is overwhelming. It is a burden of no hope. But there is a burden bearer that wants to take our burdens, wants to carry them, and wants to replace that burden with indescribable joy and peace. Wants to embed us with hope to overcome. So what do we do with this information? For those that are in this group, my simple thought is, you know, what we have to do is humble ourselves before God. We have to recognize our desperate need of the Savior. We have to understand that we cannot champion our own cause here. And we have to give ourselves entirely to Him and to His Word so that the Spirit of God can begin to work to produce that which we cannot produce on our own. And so it begins this morning with just simply humbling before God. God, this is, this is hard. It's killing me. I don't understand why I'm in it. I can't wrap my head around how this is somehow going to be for the good of those who love you. I can't, I can't get that part. But what I do know is that I can trust you. And so I submit to your will. And I ask you to grow me, to build in me the joy and the peace, the deepening faith, and this incredible hope that only you can provide. For those who are in the other category I mentioned earlier, let me come back to you for just a minute. If you're in this situation where you have not known Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, 
And as a result, if you die like that, you're in a very desperate situation to where there is absolutely no hope. While there is still hope right now for you, if you die, there is no hope. No hope. You cannot change eternal destiny once you leave this life. So my invitation to you is that you deal with this today. You say, well, Tom, I don't really know what this means. I don't really know anything about it. Then let me invite you to do something. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. The ladies are going to come to the instruments and Jason is going to sing. And when he does, it's just going to open up the invitation, the opportunity for you to respond to what God is asking you to do. If you don't know Christ as Savior, the invitation is simple. Come and find out more. And what I'm asking you to do, just as soon as Jason begins singing, quickly step to the aisle that's closest to you and just meet me right here at the front. And just say, Tom, I just want to know more. There will be no pressure applied to you. It's not an obligation thing. It's, it's not a cost thing. It's not a thing about pointing you out or calling your name. We don't do those things here. But what I can promise you for certain is that we will show you in God's Word everything you need to know about being a child of God. If you'd like to know that information, then can I strongly encourage you to come and meet me in just a minute. Would you do that? For others, maybe the situation's a little different. Maybe God is calling you to be part of this church family. Maybe God's calling you to be obedient to the matter of baptism. However God's working in your life, can I invite you to respond to what He wants you to do today? Would you please be obedient to God?